This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. As we continue our focus on child discipleship outside the borders of the United States, I want to bring you to Albania. Longtime listeners of the podcast may remember this phrase. Valerie Bell, the CEO of Awana, was the first person to share it with me. We believe that a revival of the church is coming, and it's coming from the children's wing of the church. I share that because that's the story of Albania and other nations within Central Europe. Andy Dina is serving Central Europe with Awana, and you can learn more about him via the links in the show notes. Andy shared not only the story of his own discipleship, but the state of child discipleship in a region of the world where child discipleship is a relatively new idea. So thank you for listening. This is episode 20 of season two of the Resilient Disciples podcast. I grew up uh, in a family that didn't believe in God because during communist communist time, uh, uh, we denied the existence of God and uh, we, we were the, the only country probably that had stated in the constitution that there is no god oh but uh, yeah after the 90s the communism fall apart and so there was uh, then a lot of missionaries came to preach the gospel and uh, so i became a christian when i was 21 year old in a very uh, dramatic uh, situation where my life was at the age of uh, of uh, ruining my life and uh, the Lord just intervened and uh, changed the whole uh, direction of my life and here I am today by all by his grace mm. having this great opportunity to work and serve with Awana to children's not only in, in Albania but also in the Central Europe region. I love that. So, yeah. So, it, uh, uh, yeah, we know all now that we are under uh, uh, the effects and the limitations uh, of uh, this uh, global pandemic. But uh, before that, we had totally a different uh, scenario where uh, children were gathering and we were enjoying the Awana clubs uh, in Albania and uh, in the region. And uh, yeah, many clubs were thriving and uh, where we, we were at, at the, the, that position of wanting to have a break, you know, <laughs> like uh, uh, we, we needed some holidays, but uh, sure. and maybe a lot of uh, children volunteers and children leaders have uh, felt like that. But that after we feeling bad for the the children that we're not uh, meeting anymore and uh, sure. a certain uh, isolation for happening for leaders as well. So we saw also kind of a desperation. Well, I wanted to start there, and I think it's great that when the world started locking down, some of your first reactions were, "That's this isn't bad. I could we could use a little bit of break," because I think. I think especially folks in this community, folks who are invested in child discipleship, they are so self-sacrificial 
and so yes. willing to just go above and beyond the typical calls of the ministry. That is important yeah. to say out loud sometimes like, oh, I, I needed a break. I needed to get off yes. the hamster wheel. Uh, and I'm really grateful that you that you're willing to share that because I think it matters. Mm-hmm. And w- when it comes to the context of child discipleship, you know, you mentioned coming to know the Lord in a in a dramatic fashion as an as an adult. Yeah. When did you personally become invested in the work of reaching kids with the gospel? Because that wasn't like me. I had a similar type of experience. I came to yeah. know the Lord as an adult. When did you become invested in the lives of kids in your community? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, uh, immediately after uh, believing in Christ, my life changed dramatically, and uh, uh, I was feeling that desire to to tell everyone about Jesus. And children have been uh, uh, the ones that we have enjoyed the most, because, like Jesus says, "Let the little children come to me." That is, uh, so they they are. Uh, so happy to hear and to join and without uh, making you skeptical uh, questions and uh, so that uh, the sincerity of children I've seen since uh, since the beginning of my uh, journey. So with our church uh, in 2002, we started to reach out to kids, uh, especially in uh, uh, pure, poor communities and uh, uh, vulnerable children, Roma children. So, and immediately I've been uh, establishing good connections with uh, children and uh, giving them Bible, giving them the scriptures. And uh, yeah, it has started uh, all uh, through the local church that I believe is is the best place where children can uh, belong and then became and believe. So, uh, I've seen that happening uh, uh, on my faith journey. It has been really good to know, to see beyond your own church and see that uh, there are other needs and uh, and sometimes we need to exchange resources and uh, experiences. So it's it's a good synergy when there is good partnership among uh, children ministry leaders. Yeah. Well, yeah. It- tell me. It's just, it's interesting to think about for your specific context, the idea of how young the church is in your part of the world, that you, as someone who came to know the Lord in the nineties are part of the oldest generation of Christians in just a 30 year time period is really unique. And I could see how it would become so critical to write a different story for the kids in your community, that they can grow up knowing the Lord. And, and you can see the difference that that makes in their lives because it's literally just, it's a second or third generation kind of kingdom in your area of the yes. world. Yeah. That's, and I, and I think for folks who listen to this who are pri- primarily within the confines of America, like I think it's really important to hear how unique that is because I think a lot of us want to be invested in the global story that God is up to. We are passionate about child discipleship in every area of the world. And in yes. your area of the world, child deception is a fairly new idea. Yeah. Is that fair to sort of say? Yeah, absolutely. So if uh, I can I can remember that uh, both my parents were teachers, uh, 
Okay. And teachers has been, uh, let's say, the respected, uh, the most respected uh, profession or job. But they were seen also like the model uh, in the society, the ones who could teach and the ones who would uh, follow. So what we had as a generation in front of our eyes were eyes were were uh, par- parents that uh, didn't believe in God and told us that there is no God. Hmm. So th- this is this is the context where we are coming from. Yeah. So we we haven't had this uh, uh, view in front of our our eyes that uh, uh, how Christian parents can disciple their kids. Yeah. So that, that, that has been kind of a challenge in children discipleship in this part of the world. And I believe it is very common in all post-communist uh, countries where uh, we haven't seen or we haven't had somebody to model it uh, before us. Yeah. So the, the, the pastors and leaders of the first generation have had a difficult job to relate with the kids and realize that uh, child discipleship is so important uh, in, the local, in the life of the local church. And uh, it's not only because kids doesn't uh, uh, represent the future of the church, but they are the church today. And... Uh, so this is what we have been uh, looking uh, and uh, research, researching and thinking uh, more critically that uh, you know we have to make uh, child discipleship a priority, and that uh, has required and is requiring a lot of vision casting to this uh, first and second generation of leaders. Yeah. So yeah, the context is uh, quite unique. Uh, if it is related to other uh, Christian uh, right. countries that have already got the, the culture in place. Do you find that parents who, even if they still are not believers, even if they still would publicly say that there is no God, that they can see the difference that you're making in the lives of kids? Like, Do they get that even if they don't believe it, that their child is more living a different life. Yes, uh, we see we see that uh, often, and uh, we've had uh, parents and uh, the old generation, older generation, saying and uh, claiming that uh, you are doing you are doing the right thing, or you are mm. uh, different in many ways. So we have had uh, many uh, good expression by that generation that uh, have kind of confidence that uh, what we are doing and how we are discipling and uh, parenting and implementing the, the, the principles of the kingdom of God that has been speaking a lot to, to them. So we, and we, I imagine now that I'm talking to you about my uh, parents-in-law or uh, other, other people that, uh, can make the, the difference. And that's a great uh, opportunity to tell to this generation what the kingdom of God looks like. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great responsibility also to, to, to do good the, the, the homeworks uh, at home, us yeah. as, a, as a parents, but also at the church. This healthy relationship that uh, 
children ministry leaders uh, build uh, this last loving relationship between teachers and uh, and kids are so precious and are so important in uh, in a generation like ours where the relationship are becoming more and more uh, colder or are becoming more and more isolated so it's it's a it's a great challenge for for the children ministry in general to continue to to navigate against the culture and against all the the changes that are uh, uh, bringing a culture of isolation instead of a culture of fellowshipping and uh, growing together and and moving toward the future together thanks for listening we'll be right back Let's talk about moms. We know the impact a mom can make in her home, community, and the kingdom of God. We know that when a mom encounters Jesus, it's exponential discipleship because her family does as well. And for nearly 50 years, Mops International has used the common experience of motherhood to create opportunities for women and their families to encounter Jesus. They partner with churches and organizations like Awana worldwide to equip and encourage moms in more than 70 countries. Through their ministry, they remind women that they're not alone, that motherhood is significant, and that Jesus calls them beloved. In addition, they give them the tools they need so that moms can thrive and feel equipped to disciple the next generation in Christ's name. As Mops approaches a half-century of impact, They recognize that shifting cultural norms and a global pandemic are creating a pivotal moment of opportunity. Moms are more isolated and stressed than ever before. We all know that moms need community now more than ever. Whether you're a mom or you just know a mom, I want you to join Mops. I want you to support the moms in your community. By serving or donating, you are offering hope and introducing moms to Jesus. Visit mops.org to learn more. If someone's listening to this and they want to know more about your ministry, if they want to get involved, if they want to participate in what God is up to in Central Europe, um, what would be your message to those folks? The folks who feel like, man, this is so big. I want to help, but what, what can I do to make a difference in the life of a child in Central Europe? Yes, thank you. Yes, there are different ways and uh, meaningful ways how uh, people in the uh, from brothers and sisters from the church in the United States can can support us. It's uh, first is through their prayers. We need a lot of prayers for uh, this uh, culture that uh, Europe is uh, uh, has uh, established now, and uh, the the big mission we have to you know, to, to engage with uh, as many children as possible in many difficult countries in, in, in Europe. And it's a, it's a mixed uh, uh, context uh, where we have uh, uh, countries with majority Muslim uh, religion, uh, or we do have other countries that are dominated Catholics, which is very difficult as well uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a context. And secularism, it's, it's uh, probably defining or uh, is a frame of all Europe. 
Sure. So we would we would need a lot of prayers toward this, uh, you know, this uh, uh, fortress that uh, are ahead of us as we as we do mission. And uh, and I would think that how how you could pray and uh, think about Central Europe is uh, there are many other countries that we need to reach and to to enter. And uh, the, ma the major needs are in creating uh, curriculums that are relevant to, to, those, to culturally engage with, with these countries. And uh, also, you know, uh, continuing to create, to, to keep that missional uh, mindset in, the, in the, the hearts and minds of uh, children in the U.S., it's a great investment how they can see the Europe in general as a, as a mission field. Uh, that, that, that is something we, we would uh, highly appreciate that we can see in the future that uh, those children can uh, donate uh, from their finances or from their time or can be uh, next generation missionaries coming to Europe just yeah. because they have heard uh, when they were little children about the big need of uh, that the Europe, the old continent has for the ancient gospel. Totally. And you had mentioned earlier the that some of the leaders that you work with, some of the pastors and ministry folks, yes. that they themselves, partially because of COVID, but it sounds like also because of the culture, have yes. feelings of isolation, have feelings of the work being lonely, essentially. Yep. Do you feel like, because obviously you're invested in child discipleship, do you feel like that work also fuels and reaches those folks that they they themselves feel discipled because they see the work that you're doing in the lives of kids in your community? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Something that we have uh, we have seen happening, as I mentioned earlier, is that. Uh, uh, even the, the children workers and uh, the volunteers have felt like uh, isolated and uh, and uh, had this uh, long break and long mm -hmm. uh, uh, missing the kids uh, during this time. Uh, yeah, we we have uh, uh, approached to to different uh, leaders, especially to the key leaders, regional leaders. I would mention that. Uh, uh, a lot of clubs have continued to together via Zoom and technology. Of course, that the level of uh, uh, you know being uh, concentrated on the on a long time is not is not hundred percent and it's not there. We understand that, but still the the core of uh, these connections remain the same. The love yeah. for the kids and uh, trying to be a channel the love of Christ for those kids which is continuing and it's still uh, uh, the church is still functioning so we're we're so grateful for for the local church and also for the children ministry in every church that's beautiful and yes I can imagine the concentration that the kids are going to have over zoom is different and I'm glad to know that kids in your area of the world are just like kids in my area of the world <laughs> and that's really yes. where I would I would love to sort of focus this last part of the conversation is just about the kids and about how the children in the area that you serve in Central Europe 
are just like the kids in America, right? We know this, but you even sharing stories about how the child discipleship is the same, right? That it's, it's about creating spaces where they can belong, where they can believe, where they can become. And that the community of folks, even folks who are not invested in a relationship with Jesus themselves, can make such a difference in the life of a child. Is that what gives you hope? That the kids and seeing the difference Jesus is making in their lives, like is that what gives you hope for not only your own country, but your area of the world? Yes, uh, thank you for this question. And uh, yeah, I want to uh, joyfully share that uh, we do have hope, uh, great hope that anchors in, uh, in Jesus. Uh, for Europe, you know, uh, it is said that Europe is a, uh, is a dying continent about uh, uh, Christianity. And uh, we hear often a lot of discouraging uh, news of churches yeah. being closed down. And uh, But I shared many times with my uh, team members and uh, missionaries in different countries in Central Europe that Guys, it's better for us as leaders that God has raised for this certain time uh, at this moment that we better die on the field of the <laughs> mission, you know, sure. trying to continue to plant uh, the, the seeds of the gospel for the next generation. And we might not see the fruit of the work that we're doing t today, but we are sure in, uh, in the faithfulness of God that he is going to to make that seed flourish in the right time. So we are very uh, hopeful and joyful for the future, although this pandemic has shown us that uh, we have today and tomorrow it's not uh, certain. Amen. But uh, it, it is still uh, a great joy to see and to, to, to know that God is it's overseeing. It's... it's, it's uh, it's looking to uh, every children worker, to every volunteer, and uh, as uh, the Word of God says, that uh, our uh, our work will never be in vain. So we strongly believe that. And something I wanted to mention that I've, it has been a great encouragement to see in different uh, uh, countries, but especially in Albania and Croatia. It has been also, we faced uh, recently two uh, major, uh, let's say, uh, crises. And okay. one was the, the, the earthquake and the second, it is the global pandemic. But it has been amazing to see how the, the local church and, and Awana leaders in many churches has stepped in this uh, crisis and uh, taking care of the children. In a last call, a regular call that I have with uh, our missionary in Croatia, she was sharing with me that uh, uh, her deepest concern has been on kids. And, uh, and she has been, uh, for two months, she has, she has been serving to the kids and taking care not only on their physical needs, but more dealing with the uh, shocking that this dramatic changes are bringing so it's been so encouraging to see uh, our Awana volunteers and uh, leaders playing a, a unique role in the life of children, mentoring and discipling them in not only in a teaching 
way, but also in being there for, for them. And to answer your question, it's, yeah, this is the gospel living mm. that uh, we, we want to see and we want to model in front of, in front of the kids. We believe it's going to be the, the, the gospel that will speak loudly to many children in, in Europe. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album, Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week.